Hello, everybody. Josh Davers here today, Locked On Big 12 podcast. Today, it is the 23rd of August, 2022, as I'm recording this. On today's show, we go through the 10 most important Big 12 non-conference football games coming up this season. I've got them ranked 1 through 10. Obviously, there's more than 10, but I picked the 10 most important. I've ranked them 1 through 10. I'll tell you why they are ranked that way coming up on today's show. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast, 23rd of August, 2022. Uh, first of all, we're done our team previews. 14 teams that we have previewed over the course, really the last month or so, uh, from BYU to UCF to uh, Houston, to, um, you know, doing it all off the top of my head, Cincinnati, and then the 10 current teams in the Big 12. All those previews are up right now, your podcast feed, and also they're on YouTube as well. So make sure you guys check those out. Also, if you're interested in joining us as a host of Locked On Big, uh, Locked On Oklahoma State, Locked On Kansas State, uh, those podcasts are still open, as is Houston, as is Iowa State, as is West Virginia, as is UCF. So, there are openings here. If you're interested, hit me up on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. Also, uh, you guys, you can find me at jneighbors0 at gmail.com if you're interested in getting involved in that way as well. If you guys uh, you know, want to host one of our shows here at Locked On, I want to be up for consideration. We've got that. All right. So today's show, I've already told you all the premise. Um, now, now that we're done you know, with the team previews, it's really going to be a lot more general stuff, previewing games, looking ahead, talking about big picture stuff, finishing up conference realignment. All of those things will be in consideration here the next uh, week and a half as we get ready for games. Um, today, I thought we'd look at that non-conference slate. We'd pick 10 games and the 10 most important games, go through them and talk about why they are so important. And I'll show you all right here is my, uh, the first five that we have. So here is your top five uh, coming up. Baylor, West Virginia, or excuse me, West Virginia, Baylor at BYU, West Virginia at Pitt, Bama at Texas, Oklahoma at Nebraska, Houston at Texas Tech. Here are the next five. Uh, Iowa State at Iowa, Mizzou at Kansas State, Texas Tech at NC State, TCU at Colorado, and then West Virginia at Virginia Tech. So I went through the whole non-conference schedule. I picked 10 games, and really I, I did not Pickets so where we had distribution throughout everybody. I, I don't think everybody's included here. Oklahoma State is not included here. Kansas is not included here. But I think for the most part, we got some pretty good representation across the board from a lot of teams. So, uh, you know, most most of the schools are up here. And, um, you know, the non-conference is obviously time to learn who we are, learn who the teams are. That's going to be a big theme here. So let's start with this top five. Baylor at BYU is number one for me. Um, the reason why I picked this game number one is that number it's going to be the highest ranked matchup that we see between Big 12 teams uh, or between a Big 12 team and a non-conference opponent. And the ironic part about this is that BYU is going to be coming, we're going to become rather a conference opponent here. But BYU has uh, South Florida in the first week of their season, so they should win that game. We don't know. Well, once again, you know, former uh, Baylor quarterback Gary Bohannon captaining the ship there. But 
we think BYU is pretty good. They should beat South Florida. Then they'll go home for Baylor, who is a top 25 team. And I think with that matchup, it's so intriguing because um, I've been pretty candid. While Baylor was picked to win the league this year, I've thought that maybe it's going to take some more time than we thought for them to become the team that we think they can be. Because the fact that, look, their identity from last year, sure, I'm sure they want that, but uh, Blake Shapin, you know, when you put him at quarterback, you're basically saying, hey, look, our offense has to get better. Um, and they want it to get better, but also has to get better because the defense, I don't think starting off at least, is going to be as good as it was last season. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Ron Roberts and Dave Aranda, I mean, wouldn't put it past them, but still, you know, when you're trying to fill, uh, you know, the shoes of, of JT Woods and Jalen Petrie and Terrell Bernard, it's not just something that happens automatically. But, you know, for all we know, Siaki Ika could dominate and the defense could look great. And, you know, I, I could be completely off on that assessment. But also, you know, on the offensive side of things, too, there's still coming along that has to happen. Look, I think it's the right move. I think that you do pick the quarterback that has a higher ceiling. I think that's the right move because, you know, if Baylor wants to get where they want to go and play with the elite teams, in the end of the day, that offense is going to have to be better. It just has to, you know, when if they want to compete with the real top dogs. We, yeah, we saw them win the Sugar Bowl last year. We saw them beat Oklahoma State. Yeah, but but if they want to make that next step, and I mean the top five, right? Their defense was just as good as anybody's. We saw the way they shut down OU last season, shut down a lot of teams last season, but OU is a really good example of this. You know, that as much talent as they had, they shut them down, right? Uh, you know, okay, can your offense play the part against a really good defense? And so BYU, their defense is the struggle for them, but that is the opportunity for the offense. That's why I think this game is so intriguing. Okay, it's a great test for your defense, number one, with that BYU offense. Go check out our BYU preview with Jake Hatch. We talk to him all the time. He's part of our weekly crossover. I'm talking to him later tonight. Um, and so you think about that, like this team's going to be really good on offense. Defense is the big key for them. Can they take that step forward? So I'm asking Blake Shapin, can you take advantage of a defense that's trying to take that step forward? Uh, and they're trying to find new guys at wide receiver. They're trying to find new guys at running back. The good news for them, the offensive line is mostly intact from last year. So that's obviously a really good sign, right? Things get a lot easier if the guys up front are really strong. So, you know, the question, would you rather have questions at skill positions and, and not have questions at offensive line? Or would you rather have questions at offensive line and be strong at least uh, skill positions? A lot of coaches would tell you they'd take the latter, right? Or the, the the former. They'd rather have questions at the skill positions, but know that up front things are good so you can kind of grow into your offense. That's going to be a fantastic environment that second game of the season. It's a 10-15 game on ESPN. And also, it really does fit the narrative of a lot of stuff that we've been talking about on the show about late night starts, about uh, Big 12 after dark. This could be a sign of things to come. BYU has that potential of offering that package. And if the Big 12 could add more teams in that direction, chance to add more of those games late. And I promise you, a lot of people are going to be interested in Baylor BYU. It's going to be must-see TV on a late Saturday night. So that's what number one uh, is right there. Number two, West Virginia at Pitt. Look, I'm not going to go long-winded on this one. This one's simple. I love the fact that even though it seems like college football is becoming more divided, and these conferences are gathering together, and we don't know what's going to happen in the future, 
enjoy West Virginia playing their rivals this year. And I've got West Virginia, Virginia Tech in the back end for that, essentially the same reason. Also, it was a really good game last year. It's going to be Thursday night, Lane Stadium, which, you know, awesome environment. Um, but this game is a fantastic rivalry between what we think is going to be a really, you know, pretty good pit team, right? And a West Virginia team that's answering a lot of questions. But it's a week one rivalry game. So this is a super throw your records out of the window type situation. Because the thing about a game like this is, look, if you played this last week of the season and Pitt's rolling and West Virginia's had a rocky up and down year, you love the spot West Virginia's uh, Pitt would be in. Uh, but, we, you know, we have actually saw a season where Pitt had a really bad year and West Virginia had a great year, Pat White season, obviously, and and and, uh, and Pitt had some ideas, of, you know, and, and ruined that season for West Virginia. But more so, opening a season up, there are so many questions for both of these sides. And I think the number one question really in this entire game is JT Daniels and how will he look and can West Virginia support a player like that uh, and will it work out? Um so, you know, it's, it feels like more of a crapshoot than we thought because obviously Pitt is transitioning from this transcendent talent, talents, I should say, with quarterback Kenny Pickett and also wide receiver Jordan Addison. Now, they do still have good skill players left over, and we'll see what Keaton Slovis is for them at quarterback and that defensive line for Pitt. Oh, yikes, it's going to be a good one. So can West Virginia hold that off? But also, you know, on the other direction, okay, you're bringing in a new quarterback, for West Virginia. And, uh, you know, this is a lot of pressure on Neil Brown this season. So in that spot with all the unknowns, I think it's a more competitive game than maybe it would be at the end. Cause I think Pitt's got ultimately a higher upside than West Virginia does. So I love that spot, but mostly this is here because the rivalry aspect of it. And because we're not sure if rivalries will be around down the line. Number three, Alabama, Texas, you got to put this game up there because of the significance of this game. This is going to be, I mean, you know, it's going to be one of the three or four most watched regular season games this year, right? You have to think it would be. I mean, this is the number, I think it was number one pick in the TV draft. Uh, this game is going to be absolutely bonkers for TV ratings. It's going to be a massive spot. It's just going to be awesome to see those two logos together on the same field, right? Have not seen Alabama and Texas clash heads, lock horns, whatever, you know, uh, metaphor you want to use. Since their matchup in the Nash championship game where Colt McCoy went down, and uh, obviously, you know, the rest the rest was history in that game as Bama went on, went on to win. So we have not seen these two, you know, come together. It's obviously a, a assistant, former assistant and Steve Sarkeesian going up against Nick Saban, which makes this game full, full of intrigue on that front as well. Because we just saw, you know, Saban assistants beat uh, two of them last year, beat Nick Saban. And, uh, you know, which makes it interesting. But. This is this is not like a measuring stick game for Texas. This is the wrong time to have this game. Steve Sarkeesian has talked about it a lot. He mentioned, it, you know, we're gonna have some growing pains. I just named Quinn Ewers the quarterback. So let's see what happens here. But obviously, because of branding, this game's a top three game because of what it does, the ratings it's gonna do, and all that kind of stuff. Pomp and circumstance. Number four, I've got Oklahoma at Nebraska. It was a pretty competitive game last year. It's gonna be fun to see Casey Thompson go up against Oklahoma. Once again, and and this game is really intriguing because um, this is Nebraska's big chance, and this could be one of OU's more challenging games. Um, you know, th this is an opponent that I don't believe in very much. I think West Virginia, uh, Nebraska was a bad team last year. We keep hearing about how they could flip games. Sure, they could. Let's see it on the field. They actually have to do it. Now, I know Adrian Martinez was a big part of that. 
talk about Adrian Martinez in Kansas State in a little bit, but I, I think this is an important matchup because you know this will this should be a test on the road. It was a test for OU at home last year. Actually, it was more of an indicator of why things you know needed a bit of a change at quarterback, especially because just it, it was not a uh, full tilt attack, if you will, for OU at that point in time. You remember Oklahoma last year? Um, you know, you remember that the game against obviously Tulane. Uh, what was a weird one. And then you go into that game where you play against Nebraska and you're like, Oh my God, you know, that this, this team is, is, uh, you know, defensively was the issue against Tulane, right? Offensively was there issues against, uh, against Nebraska. Now credit Nebraska's defense, right? They deserve a lot of credit for how well they played in that game. Can they do that again against an, in an offense that we think is going to be much more efficient? We'll see. But that was in a string of games where OU was not looking very impressive on the road, Memorial stadium, Really excited to see that atmosphere, uh, you know, once again. Um, I think I mentioned this before, a noon kickoff too, which is nice. We really like that. We're used to that on Fox. So two big brands. We love the big brands getting together. It's exciting as always. And these are games that, you know, are fun as long as OU and Texas are in the league. Let's enjoy these big non-conference helmet games, if you will. All right. Number five, Houston at Texas Tech. Um, we just previewed Texas Tech with Chris Level. I love this game because this Houston is the sleeping giant, and they should have beaten Tech last year. And they're going to go on the road to Lubbock this year as a ranked team. And I think I think Texas Tech in this game has a chance to pull off that upset. But Houston wants to go in. Houston thinks they owe them one. Houston's a really good football team this year. And we all – I've heard this from multiple people. It's not just me. This is a program that is located in a place that is going to a bigger conference that has got the chance to grow and it could start this season. Guys, I think Dana Holgerson and company, guys and girls, I think Dana Holgerson and company are eyeing a Cincinnati-esque run this year to put their foot in the ground and say, look, you know, it's great Cincinnati's coming along. It's cool to see BYU and UCF and all of these schools have had their runs at separate times, but Houston has the opportunity to make their run at a unique time in the last season in the AAC, right? They have a chance to be the hottest G5 team entering a power five conference. And oh yeah, they're in the hotbed of high school football. Oh yeah. They're in maybe the hottest of hotbeds. They're in a, I mean, Go look at every roster in the SEC, most of them at least. I mean, I know when I was in Missouri, a lot of kids from Missouri City, Texas, you know, around the Houston area. Area Houston is well recruited by school in a place like LSU, Alabama. I mean, all these places, Oklahoma, Texas, Houston's a hotbed. And if you, and if they can get hot, if you know, I'm using the word hot a lot, but if they can get hot, if they can prove that they are a breeding ground for you know for talent, and they can keep the talent home, and they can start pulling off big wins. They're going to be in a great spot. This is one of those games where you circle on the calendar just because, I mean, I'm so excited to see how it plays out because there's talent on both sides. This is a game that if Tech wants to make a bowl game, I think they have to pull off. I think Tech has to win this game if they have any designs going to a bowl game. Uh, and this was a 4 o'clock FS, well, we're kickoff time. 4 Eastern FS1 is a 3 o'clock. Um, by the way, this week, the week two, everybody, for Big Ten, uh, Big 12 football is fantastic. It's got Missouri, Kansas State. It's got Alabama, Texas. It's got Houston, Texas Tech. It's got Iowa State, Iowa. It has got Kansas, West Virginia, so our first conference game. ASU, Oklahoma State. 
in Baylor BYU. But this Texas Tech, uh, you know, Houston game is going to be an interesting under the radar game for what happened last year. What happens, you know, it's going to happen in the future and this season. So many implications from that one contest. Quick word from our sponsors on today's show. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you all by the NHTSA. It reminds you guys, drive sober or get pulled over. It's football season. I know you guys are going to be out there hanging out with your friends. For some of us, that means having a few drinks while we watch the game. Sometimes you'll think, hey, I can drive home after a few. I'm all good to go. What are the odds of get pulled over? And even so, what's the worst that could happen, right? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, that's in the bad. No, it's awful, it's horrible. You do not want to do that. Everyone knows about the risks of drunk driving. The results are often tragic and sometimes even deadly. However, that still doesn't stop some people from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on the roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay after a drive, after a few drinks, Think again, play it safe, plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes a few minutes to do so, and also it could change someone's life. It could change your life forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, let's get to the back part of my top 10 non-conference games in the Big 12. Six is Iowa State, Iowa. Seven is Mizzou, Kansas State. Eight is Texas Tech, NC State. Nine is TCU, Colorado. Ten is West Virginia and Virginia Tech. Iowa State, Iowa at number six. I've said this a bunch. It feels like if there were any year for Matt Campbell and company to pull off this win, it's right now is this game. This one's a four o'clock Eastern, three central on the Big Ten Network. It feels like there is a lot of discounting Iowa State and deservedly so, right? You lost so much off of last year's team. You do maintain a Will McDonald. You do maintain a Xavier Hutchinson. You do retain an Orion Vance. Uh, but but you have got so much you have to replace. And with that come the questions. Now, with the way Iowa plays, Iowa could keep you in the game. If Iowa State can take care of the football, they can win this football game. They can pull off that upset. They take care of the football and they don't you know allow big explosive plays, which you can do against Iowa. They should, they should be able to stay in this game and pull off an upset. I love this rivalry. I love the fact that it's the hump that Matt Campbell can't get over. And I pinpointed this game as if there were ever a year, if there were a year where right Matt Campbell and Iowa State off, except for the one person who voted them first place in the Big 12, the one media member, if there was ever a year for them to pull off the upset, to pull off the unthinkable, to pull off the unlikely, I guess you should say, it'd be this season. So that's why I have that game listed at number six. Mizzou at Kansas State. Yes, you might say, Josh, you're just picking your Missouri Tigers. No, I'm doing this because that is the first legit test that everybody's dark horse, quote unquote, is going to get. Uh, Kansas, you know, Kansas State has been the dark horse. They're not dark horse. Once again, six players on the conference team, uh, first team all conference. They've got three non-con games at home. South Dakota, Missouri, Tulane. They've got an excellent, excellent chance to go 3-0. I think they're a better football team than Missouri. Missouri's got some talent. They've got guys, uh, one of the number three players in the entire country in terms of recruiting. Uh, Luther Burden at wide receiver is going to be a dynamic player for them. They've got Brady Cook, who I actually think is a pretty decent quarterback. They've got some uh, you know, some experience in the secondary especially. And this Ray Straw is a really good player for them in the secondary this season. So 
Missouri's got a, a few interesting pieces, but I think Kansas State at home is the better team. And this is a Missouri run defense that was really bad last year. Can you take advantage? Can you exploit that? And also, it, once again, this is the first test. They've got an awesome opportunity, the Kansas State Wildcats do, of entering their week four matchup on the road in Norman, September 24th, undefeated 3-0. If that's the case, they'll be ranked. That's the case. That's the game where we kind of point to and say for – I mean, it, that could be the biggest game, one of the three or four biggest games of the Big 12 season because of what we think Kansas State can be, right? It could be a game where if they lose, it could be relevant. The game they win, it propels them. It could be a game for Oklahoma that uh, it sets them off on, you know, on a path where maybe they can't make the playoff or, or you know, win double-digit games or whatever it is. If we think K-State's competing for a Big 12 championship and we feel like we know Oklahoma will be, that's a massive game. But the first step in getting there and kind of feeling like Kansas State belongs is a win against a school like Missouri. You get them at home in week number two. That, that to me, is a big reason why I've got this game so high. It's a show-us game. Show-me game against a team from the show-me state early on in the year. Texas Tech at NC State. So I've got this game listed again because Tech needs to split the two I've mentioned so far. They need to split the um, the Houston game. They need to split you know the Houston NC State games. If they have any designs of making a Big Twelve uh, championship game, excuse me, just making a bowl game, not a Big Twelve championship game. But this game is really fun. It's really intriguing because you get to see uh, you know a team uh, you know led by a quarterback and Leary that's going to be, I mean, really good this year, NC State. It's the most talented roster up and down that Dave Doran has had at NC State. This is the group that could knock off Clemson if there are some QB issues. And the thing is, an early season game like this is one where I want to see how on the road against a really good team, can they catch them sleeping? How will they look? I think this is a really intriguing game for multiple reasons. Also, if Tech can pull off that win against Houston – which is not super unlikely. And it's not super. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see the line on that game. Once we get game time, I don't like looking at the preseason lines, but once we see that line, once we get to, you know, that week, I mean, if they're able to beat Houston, they will be two and zero heading on the road. And they'll have a lot of confidence after that game, especially if Tyler Shuck looks good, they might feel like they've got the better guy at quarterback in Tyler Shuck than, uh, than Leary. So I think that's what makes this game really intriguing is if, if, you know, if Texas Tech wins against Houston, they'll be feeling confident. If they lose, there'll be some probably some desperation there and trying to make sure it's not a, you know, a, a, a you know, backbreaking effect, back-to-back losses. All right, number uh, number eight, I uh, had Texas Tech versus NC State. Number nine, TCU in Colorado. So we thought this would be, it should be like a relatively easy game for, for TCU most of the season. I want to see what they look like the first week because we heard we might see all three quarterbacks, and I'm not sure it's very good. And in the game, they might win. They might not look very good, or they might not win the game itself because they're trying to experiment with too many guys. You know, The SMU game is down the line, but first they have to deal with Colorado. I want to see if they can find a guy at quarterback against Colorado. I don't want one, I don't want two. I don't want three quarterbacks. I want one quarterback. I want to see if TCU can find their guy, find the rhythm, find their identity against the Colorado team on the road in week one. Finally, I've got West Virginia and Virginia Tech. Once again, these rivalries, enjoy them if they're out of conference while we can. We're not sure what the future is going to hold. So it's nice to see these teams get these games in. Also, what a game it was last year. I was there in Morgantown. I will be there this year uh, in Blacksburg for this contest. I am so fired up. 
you know, we had a noon game last year in Morgantown. It was nice to see it back. But a Thursday night, night games between these teams have been fantastic. Obviously, the most iconic of which was the Mike Vick uh, run. You know, they put Shane Graham in field goal range to beat West Virginia on the road in Morgantown. You know, th- th- these games are iconic and tech is going to be okay this year. West Virginia, we'll see where they are, but this could be a huge game for Neil Brown and the Mountaineers, depending on what happens for them against Pitt. This could be one of those where you think, man, this, this could shape how their season goes. Can they steal one on the road at Lane Stadium on a Thursday night? One of the best atmospheres. Just that's why it's number 10, folks. Enjoy that. Lane Stadium, Thursday night for one of the best rivalries that we lost, that we have lost, that now is now back. This is a regional throwdown. Backyard Brawl is, is an awesome rivalry. They stopped this rivalry, folks, for a lot of reasons, and one of it was this thing got way too nasty. Tech and West Virginia fans will tell you this. I've heard a lot of Tech fans you know, say, hey, the first time I heard the F word was going to West Virginia game when I was four years old you know, and watching West Virginia and Tech play. All right, this is a mean Nasty rivalry, much like the backyard brawl, much like the same DNA, just mountain folk getting after it who don't like each other. It is a fantastic rivalry. That's why it's number 10. So once again, here is the list. Baylor BYU is one. West Virginia Pitt is two. Alabama, Texas is three. Oklahoma, Nebraska, number four. Houston, Texas Tech is five. Six is Iowa State at Iowa. Mizzou at Kansas State is as, as number seven. Texas Tech at NC State is number eight. TCU at Colorado is number nine, and West Virginia at Virginia Tech is number 10. Let me know if you agree, if you disagree, where you think these things should be, but I had a lot of fun making this list. I'm going to have a lot of fun hearing what y'all have to say about this list uh, coming up. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter, bottom of screen, at LOBig12 for you all out there. You guys can find me at JoshNeighbors underscore. Find the show wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Please, please, please keep subscribing. We are building this base. We are getting this thing going. Hopefully, we can get this thing around 2000, uh, you know, in the next few weeks or so during the football season as we keep growing. Appreciate you all out there. Till next time, as always, stay safe.